To begin our afternoon service, we will read what has fallen open in Amos chapter 2. In Amos chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. Thus saith the Lord, For three transgressions of Moab and for four I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because he burned the bones of the king of Edom into lime. But I will send a fire upon Moab, and it shall devour the palaces of Kiroth, and Moab shall die with tumult, with shouting, and with the sound of the trumpet. And I will cut off the judge from the midst thereof, and I will slay the princes thereof with him, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Judah and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they have despised the law of the Lord and have not kept his commandments, and their lies caused them to err, after which their fathers have walked. But I will send a fire upon Judah, and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they sold the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of shoes, that pan after the dust of the earth on the head of the poor and turn aside the way of the meek, and a man and his father will go in unto the same maid to profane my holy name. And they lay themselves down upon clothes laid to pledge by every altar, and they drank the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. Yet I destroyed the Ammonite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and he was strong as the oaks, yet I destroyed his fruit from above and his roots from beneath. Also I brought you up from the land of Egypt and led you forty years through the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. And I raised up your sons for prophets and of your young men for Nazarites. Is it not even thus, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord? But ye gave the Nazarites wine to drink and commanded the prophets, saying, Prophesy not. Behold, I am pressed under you as a cart is pressed that is full of sheaves. Therefore the flight shall perish from the swift, and the strong shall not strengthen his force, neither shall the mighty deliver himself. Neither shall he stand that handleth the bow, and he that is swift of foot shall not deliver himself, neither shall he that rideth the horse deliver himself, and he that is courageous among the mighty shall flee away naked in that day, saith the Lord. <clears throat> Revelations chapter 20 is open. begin reading at the first verse. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, 
which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of the that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. And the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such a second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth, and compassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, this is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I've read the entire chapter. <clears throat> And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. John was given the revelation to be revealed unto the churches, even as in the first three books of Revelations, he revealed unto the churches their spiritual standing, and after that he was revealed the spiritual deception that was going to come upon the world, and here we see the culmination of the whole thing and the judgment of God which would come down. And we recognize the key of the bottomless pit, and when we see a key, there is power and authority. In Matthew 23, the Lord told the scribes and Pharisees, you shut up the kingdom of heaven and you take away the key of it and you do not allow those who would in to enter in. Warning of the spiritual deception that was going to come by Satan wherein even there would be a church would be, which would be called a Christian church which would be set up beside the true faith in the world and those who would then enter into that spiritual deception would not recognize it because that is the definition of deception. And if it would be easily discerned, if the deception would be easily discerned, it would no longer be deception. Even as it was with the old people of Israel, which we read in Amos, that they did not keep the law of God and they did not keep the commandments and therefore the judgment of God came upon them.
And that's what we're dealing with here, that we must keep ourselves in the positive frame of mind and in the love of the Spirit that we can overcome Satan and keep ourselves within the camp of the beloved saints, that we have the power then to endure unto the end, providing that we ask God in fervent prayer for grace and strength that we can overcome. Even as we go back into the old land and recognize, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season. Here we see the outright physical binding of Satan and shutting him out because of the thousand millennial reign of the people of God, the believers that have repented and confessed the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and have participated in the baptism of faith. They will have the millennial rest where it says in the Old Testament that everyone shall sit under his own fig tree recognizing the peace and prosperity that will come upon those because we have kept the word of my patience and that very fact there says that we have kept the word of the patience that we will then as overcomers enter in proofs to the fact that there will be some who will not keep it Otherwise, he wouldn't have said, because thou hast kept the word of my patience. And as we understand the working of the devil and of Satan as he exalted himself before God in Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14, the only two chapters that really describe the nature of Satan other than we can see the working of it around and about us each and every day. As we live this life and we go out into the world, even as the Apostle Paul said, if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded their hearts and their minds and their ears are shut that they will not hear, they will not listen and they will not see because they take delight in the sensual pleasures, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life and the lust of the eyes in which the Apostle John said that if we are a child of God, he said you have overcome the strong one you have overcome him and he said, love not the world. He took that key, the power, and bound him. But what gives us the power to overcome Satan? It was the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ came and was circumcised the eighth day that he was brought under the law through that circumcision, even though he was born in a divine Without the original sin, he had the divine nature, but he was put under the law that he then could be brought under the law and then could redeem us from under the law of sin that we then, after we have repented and been baptized, could pass over into the law of the liberty of the Lord Jesus Christ, even as the apostle explained it in 1 Corinthians 7, that if we repent as being a servant, we are the Lord's free man. And if we repent being free, we are the Lord's servant, indicating that we all then are servants, handmaidens and servants to the Lord. We have bound ourselves in a spiritual marriage to the second husband, the Lord, after being loosed 
from the law of condemnation and sin and death. And this has all been offered unto us because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are saved by grace through faith, which is in the past tense. Created a new creature unto Christ to perform the good works that are required of us. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, because thou hast kept the word of my patience. What about the murmuring and complaining? because we cannot enjoy the positive things, the things that we have talked about without considering the negative, because we are expressly warned in this book that there is a judgment coming. And if it would be true that all men would be saved, why would there be need of a judgment? Why would there be a separation of the goats from the sheep, which is a quick and decisive separation? What about the murmuring and complaining of the children of Israel as they walked through the land of Israel and as Amos prophesied unto them and told them of the law and the commandments because you have departed from my way? And they murmured and complained while their mouth was full of food which God had given unto them. And how do we as New Testament believers get ourselves into a position where we again become under the influence of the devil, Satan, once we have been loosed from him? How do we enter into that deception which we read about? But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such a second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with them a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. We become negligent in prayer, in reading God's word. But where is the deception? And if it isn't deception, then we can figure it out. And if we can't figure it out, then it's deception. And the deception and the beast and the worshiping of him and the receiving of his mark is participating in the so-called religious worship of this world that doesn't teach and preach repentance and conversion and confession of sin and separation from the world and a calling out and a willingness to follow the Lord because it is the grace of God that makes us willing to walk in the love of God and to walk in the Holy Spirit. It's buying their books. It's listening to their sermons. It's a wearing down intended by the devil to deceive and water down the true faith. It's deception. Because they talk about sin and sinners and the church and they link it all together and it cannot be. Because we have been redeemed from all of that and the apostle recognized it when he talked about judgment. In Philippians, in the first chapter, he prayed that they would increase 
in the knowledge and in the judgment. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. The inner spiritual eye of our uh, spiritual man is clothed with lowliness and meekness. And to build our faith on knowledge alone is building upon the sand. But building upon the true rock is building on that love and on knowledge and on judgment. He that is spiritual judgeth all things. And when the Apostle Paul talked about stewards, in 1 Corinthians 4, and he said, judge nothing for the time, he was not talking about the judgment and the responsibility of the church to put out the wicked and evil leaven among them, of which he listed six things and other things in Galatians 5, in the fruits of the Spirit and in the works of the flesh. The apostle in 1 Corinthians 4 was talking about a wicked, evil spirit of evaluation and that they were trying to set at naught his power and authority to set in order the things in the church and to establish a discipline and a separation and a holy congregation and fellowship which passes over and is higher than a mere society of men and women gathering together because they like to be together but it is a fellowship of worshiping God in the inner spirit because of the new creature and in the inner man. Because where there is no discipline, where there is no judgment in the church, it will soon become a harlot and be part of the deception that has come over the world which was prophesied by the Lord in his parables. When he talked about the wheat and the devil went forth and sowed the tares and the fact that the devil sowed them shows forth the fact that they are not natural born children of men. But they are the so-called Christians who have not participated in repentance and conversion and in baptism. Baptism is not an object, is not a choice is not an option. When the Lord laid the death penalty on the lack of circumcision upon Moses when he was returning to the land of Egypt, he showed forth the fact of the seriousness of it and the circumcision on the eighth day of the children of Israel showed forth the fact that by their natural birth they did not become a member of the first church of the congregation of Israel but only upon their circumcision, because it says no uncircumcised person could partake of the Passover supper. And so it is with us. Our spiritual birth begins when we say we want to repent and we humble ourselves and come forward and begin that process of repentance and conversion and a change and make that change and go on. And our rebirth is accomplished in the act of baptism when that old sin and that old nature is done away because Moses had a miserable office in establishing and working with those children of Israel and leading them for 40 years because he could not change and circumcise their heart. 
Even though the commandments that were given unto him, it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, even as we read the first thing, that your love may abound yet more and more. And the Lord said, A new commandment I give you, that ye love your neighbors yourself, and ye love your brethren. So if our love is to be directed to God, what about our love to our neighbor, and our love to our brother, and our love to ourselves? How does it all stand in our faith? And it becomes disoriented. And it is set aside if our love to God isn't correct and proper. Then everything else is out of whack too. And what do we read? He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Indicating that there is obedience and conformity. Even as he said, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling within him. And from there we can recognize a deception, a perverted love of the so-called Christianity of the world. In that it overlooks everything that is going on. And it talks and makes much ado about love and faith when there isn't any. Because where is the keeping of the commandments? They set aside the word of God. Their outward appearance means nothing. Their inner life reveals itself in their wickedness. And it can be seen upon them. Even as the apostle recognized it in the Philippian people and he prayed that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks within the heart. And if we have repented and are sincere, and are purged of the inner old nature, and do not allow Satan again to gain access into our heart, then it will reveal itself as a child of God and the light of the world and men and women can see that here is a different person. The deception that teaches outward appearance doesn't matter is the perverted teaching of the devil and it's part of the perversion of the love and faith that they talk about. Because there is no conformity to the brotherhood. And there is no keeping of the faith. And it's all set aside. And then we pass over into tradition and keeping men's commandments. Because the true faith teaches and keeps God's word and recognizes that we have repented that we have come out of the world and that we then walk in the inner discipline of the Holy Spirit, which is the first court of judgment, which rests itself in each and every believer because ye have the seed of the God abiding within you. Ye have the unction of the Holy One, which shall teach you of all things, but it isn't unconditional. The condition is that if ye abide in me, I will abide in you. And if we depart from abiding in him and go our own separate way, then the judgment passes over onto the church. 
The second court of judgment, which we read about here, and I saw thrones and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And if the church neglects judgment, then it passes over to the third highest court, the judgment throne of the Lord, of God. And God will speedily execute judgment even as we can read in 1 Corinthians 11. We can see the earnestness and the zeal and the desire of the Apostle Paul that we would keep ourselves from deception and the reason why it is revealed in the book of Revelation. Because once we expose ourselves to the teaching of the world, to sensitivity training, to values clarification, to the self-psychology movements, the human potential movement, even Dr. Norman Vincent Peale in his book written in 1956, The Power of Positive Thinking, gave credit to a shamanism for the revelation and the, and the inspiration to write that book. And a shamanism deals with Eastern religions and mysticism, which is all wrapped up in the worship of the devil. When we are the inner new creature of the Lord walking in the charity of the nine fruits of the Spirit, we possess the ability to please the Lord and to serve the brotherhood out of love and to serve one another because what is wrapped up in the whole word of charity is a self-sacrifice. It has to do with giving ourselves, which is why it was more important than knowledge, than faith, than prophecy because it is the only thing that is going to endure even as the Lord gave all of himself. And he said, I have the power to give my life and the power to take it again. And that's the reason why when there are works that the Lord isn't necessarily going to look at how much was done because if he did, the rich would have the advantage over the poor. What the Lord is going to look at is the inner impulse of the heart. How was it done? Was it a freely willed, given inspiration, prompted by the charity and the love of the Lord that lives and dwells within us, that made us do it, or was it because we had to? Faith, hope, and love is what we're going to be dealing with once we have repented and entered in and to be the most important thing of our life because a sinner cannot live in faith and hope and love only saints can experience the art of a spiritual walk And we're then going to live in this world and possess things for our necessity and for the glory of the Lord. 
And as he said, the apostle revealed to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 7, we're going to possess and buy as though we had none. And all that we have, the real, the veritable, the true, is in heaven. And it's the Lord's. Because Jacob erected an altar when he left his father and went to work for Laban. And he kept the word of the Lord. And when he returned, all of his possessions he sent across the river. And because he kept the word of the Lord, he stayed behind and he wrestled with the Lord. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. May our prayer be that fervent.